0: Hey everyone, hopefully you're doing well. Welcome to the Jesus King Podcast. I do have another episode with you, Emil? How you doing? Well, thanks. How are you? Good, mate. Um, today or in this episode, we're going to be talking about the identity of our generation. Yeah. Um, we saw Jesus speaking about his generation. Um, I can start with a passage just Please. to get get an idea of what we're where we're going with this. And that's in Matthew eleven sixteen to 19. But to what shall I liken this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their companions and saying, We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We mourned to you, and you did not lament. For John ne- uh, came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The son of man, and that's Jesus speaking about himself, Came eating and drinking, and they say, "Look, a glutton and a wine, uh, wine bibber." Yeah. I think so. Um, a friend of uh, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, but wisdom is justified by her children. Mm. So Jesus obviously speaks about the the reality of the generation that he was in. Yeah, um, and today we're. We, you see this all over the internet, right? Whether it's news, whether it's YouTube, whether it's Twitter, wherever you go, people are trying to make sense of this life, right? Who are we as a generation? Um, What are we trying to achieve? Where are we going with, with everything that we have at the moment? But we obviously want to look at it from the lenses of Christianity, Mm -hmm. right? Biblical lenses. So we want to, Discern this generation and and see, biblically speaking, who are we? I think that we can start with something like that. Well, what is our generation looking like at the moment?
1: Mm. Well, I see our generation as, um, and this is just internal. This is not Christians. This is our generation. Yeah, Um, is humans. Yes, humans. I see as self-loving. They're. They love their identity. They love who they are. They're being taught to be proud, you know, have Mm -hmm. pride and have this um, grandois sense of self. Like it's, I'm so amazing. I'm so beautiful. I'm so perfect the way I am. I don't need to change. Uh, I don't need to listen to instruction. Any instruction to me, even if it's constructive criticism, is, is just foolish and it's something that's an attack against me like like almost identical to a physical attack it's like you're attacking me and i have to defend myself with everything i have and that's how i see our generation as people who are weak mm. physically mentally and uh spiritually
0: yeah so on the first point that you said you said lovers of self mm. right w- would you say we're we're getting we are getting to that place where we are making gods of ourselves 100% right and it, it seems like our opinion dictates our truth if if that makes it sense does. Yeah. yeah so I, I think that's I believe that's happening today hmm. because you've got even children today yeah. right that they are turning their bodies into things that they didn't start with right they weren't born that way yeah and thinking that, well, because my opinion is that, because that's how I feel, therefore I'm going to change my physical appearance. Yeah. But then you look at that and you're like, what makes you think that your opinion is truth? Mm. What makes you think that your opinion is best for you? That's something a lot of people don't even pay attention to. What makes you think your opinion is be- the best for you? Yeah. What makes you think that others who are not living in your body, right? Others around you, your parents, your family members, your friends. Why why can't they be more discerning the, than you? They can. So this whole idea that because I feel this way, that means this is the best decision for me. Yeah. That means it's the truth. And that, that means it's going to go. I'm going to go with it. That's, you're, you're basically your own God.
1: Yeah, they what? are. Um, and that's where um, Satanism has changed from the past to now. It's most Satanists don't believe that Satan is real. They just mm. believe that Satanism is, I am God, I worship myself. That's what Satan is, Satanism is for them. Do what thou will. mmm. You know, do whatever. And, and honestly, yeah. when I when I see our generation, I'm like, it feels like they're all living
0: like Satanists.
1: Do whatever you want.
0: You are your own God. With a naturalist yeah. sprinkling on top of 100%, it. 100%. Yes. That's what's disguising it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And uh, if you ask most of them, do you actually believe in Lucifer or a demon? No. I just believe that I do whatever I want, and that's what it means to be a Satanist to me. That's what it... And... and And that's the thing. That's well, that's what Satan did. So in in a way, they are worshipping Satan. They are being like Satan himself, Mm. worshipping themselves, making themselves God. And I mean, that was Lucifer's downfall. It was pride. Mm. It was putting himself in a position or seeing himself as as a position that he he
0: was not in, which was God's. Mm. And in you saying that, basically, if people are embracing the work of Satan, mm-hmm. then they will kind of um, disagree with the work of God 100%. and hate it, and that's what we just read in this passage, yeah. right? Um, John the Baptist, Jesus came, and they did the will of uh, of God the Father, but they, then, hated it. yeah, but everyone said, "Oh, these guys are possessed. These guys are drunked. They're hanging out with the tax collectors and so on." So the person that's doing good and the person that's giving out truth and good advice, biblical advice, is the person that's getting shunned. Yeah. But the person that thinks because it's their body, they think that they have the authority over it and they own it, is the person that's actually doing things against the will of God. Mm. Because if you read across the Bible, we see so many times in the Bible, it's speaking about how God is our creator, has authority over our lives, we live to please him, we live to praise him, but then they take the way of Satan. Yeah, They go and say, God doesn't dictate who I am and what I do with my body. I get to choose that choice.
1: Yeah, and then you see, this even affects some Christians because they're like, oh, well, clearly they're speaking about non-Christians. No, um, we went out, this was a while ago, um, we went out preaching the gospel and you were there, but uh, it was me and Stephen, you know, Brother Stephen. Mm. Uh, we went out together and we were uh, just handing out pamphlets and giving them the gospel, putting a seed there and hoping that it grows. Um, and one of the people I went to and I said, hey, um, you're a sinner. You need to be saved. That's the message we're preaching. And Jesus paid for your sins. You can be saved to accept Jesus. He's like, oh, you're the sinner. I'm like, yes, I am a sinner. And he's like, "Oh, you should speak for yourself." I'm like, "I am. I am also a sinner. I need Jesus too," you know. Without Jesus, we're all dead. He's like, "No, speak for yourself." I am speaking for myself, and it was just—he felt like he was—I was attacking him. That's it like from the way he spoke. It felt like he saw saw what I said as an attack, as an affront to him. Mm. And I felt like he was—it wasn't only like defensive. It felt like he wanted to go on that attack because he was so offended. And and all I said was. You're a sinner. You need Jesus. Well, I'm a sinner. Yeah. I need Jesus. And he went,
0: he went in attacked me. Like, how dare you? Yeah. That, that reminds me of uh, John 3, <clears throat> 20 and 21 around there. Speaking about that, those people that don't want to come to the light because their deeds are going to be exposed. Mm-hmm. And there are certain people that be like, don't talk about me. Don't talk about my life. I want to keep that in the dark. And they don't understand that the only reason why we want to shed light to you is so you can recognize the darkness that's in you yeah, and and be freed from it. yeah. So the whole point is that if we leave you alone in, in your darkened life, then that darkness is going to drag you down to hell. But the reason why we come and share the gospel to this yeah. generation is to say, your darkness is not your friend. It's not going to be beneficial to you. It's not helping you spiritually speaking. You need to get rid of it. You need to come to the light. You need to come to Jesus and he can heal you from that. He can take you away from that. He's the only one that can separate us from our own darkness. That's right. And people that try and do it on their own, trying to, you know, fix few things around their life and think that oh, yeah, I'll just try and make sense of this life. It's not going to work. It's not going to work.
1: Yeah, and um, we were also talking to a few Christians, and we were telling them, like, hey, because um, this was, like, in a place where people were drinking and, mm-hmm. and you know, going partying and whatnot. And we said, hey, um, have you heard of Jesus? He says, yes, I'm a Christian. I said, that's good. Um, so have you repented from your sins? Have you, you know... Are you, are you, have you given your life to Jesus? Are you born again? And she said, oh, I don't believe in that. I believe that you should not judge. You know, judge not lest you be judged. Mm. I said, well, technically that's condemn. I'm not condemning you. Um, We are meant to be judging each other, yeah. you know, based on the word of God, of course. Um, And we have to, but I'm not going to condemn you. You know, I'm not saying you're going to go to hell. All I'm saying is if you live the way you're living right now,
0: you're in danger, you know? Yeah, that's all I'm saying to you since you said it. Just in case someone might think, wait, hold on. um, Where does the Bible say that we we judge each other? And this is Paul saying it <clears throat> at the end of first Corinthians chapter five. And he's speaking about, you know, the people that claim to be Christians mm-hmm. and those who are, you know, within within the church fellowship. And this is starts with verse 11, I guess. By now I have written to you. Uh, not to keep company with anyone called a brother who is sexually immoral or covetous, or an idolater, <clears throat> or a reviler, or a drunkard, or an extortioner; not even to eat with such a person. For what have I to do with judging those? Also, uh, sorry. For what have I uh, to do with judging those also who are outside? Do you not judge those who are inside? But those who are outside God judges. Therefore, put away from yourselves the evil person. Yes. Paul is saying very clearly that if you're in the church, if you claim to be a brother, call yourself a brother, but you live that kind of lifestyle, I cannot have fellowship with you. Right? I'm I'm here to to help you if you're willing to let go of that sin.
1: Martin, how are we supposed to know that those people are like that? It's almost like we have to make a judgment.
0: Oh yeah, that, that's why Paul is saying if you're inside the church, you can then be judged. You are being judged, and that comes according to the word of God. Yes. I don't get to make up my own rules and say, hey, I'm I'm your brother in Christ. I'm gonna judge you, but then I'm gonna make up my own rules. That's not what Paul is saying. That's right. It's according to the word of God we pass judgment. And there is a difference between the way we judge as Christians and a person would condemn someone else, right? Yeah. We judge a person is to shed light on the sin, to offer help, right? If you need help, we're here for you, right? And guide them through the process of repentance. And if
1: they're struggling with our judgment,
0: then they're going to definitely have a problem when God judges them. But Um, what people, I feel like, uh, see it as, uh, you know, passing on judgment is, oh, you want to condemn me, you just want to point out my sins, but guess what? You too have sins. Like, yes, yeah, we're here to I help agree with each you. other, <laughs> yeah.
1: right? Yeah. yeah. And I think it's, they see it as criticism when it's supposed to be constructive criticism. And look, some Christians do cross, like, you know, walk mm. that line where it's like they're no longer trying to help them, they're just trying to put them down, you know? And there are some Christians that do that. God hates these people, God hates that. And it's, you no, know, God loves everyone. God yeah. loves us. God um. loved the world. God he loved His yeah, God and Son. God loves us while God loved us while we were sinners, and He still does. But, but. He is a perfect judge. If we stay the way we are and we do not accept Jesus Christ and our Lord and Savior, there still has to be judgment for that sin. Even though He loves us, even though it hurts Him, He still has to judge us and condemn us if we are guilty. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I think. This generation, they, like, if, if they recognize the truth, they will realize and appreciate uh, why Christians go out and share the gospel. Because we love them. Why Christians stand for the truth. Yeah. Right? Today, we are kind of substituting truth for a lie. Mm. And we are building a culture that's full of lies, uh, that truth is becoming so foreign to us to us, Mm. right? Um, That's something we, you know, we we had a discussion previously with with Abraham. Uh, We were talking about, um, you know, God's design in marriage. It's between one man, one woman. It's something that is after that covenant that you make with each other in marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, You have children, you build them up in the Lord. Today, that is bit by bit becoming more foreign. Right, so we are getting to a culture where truth is no longer looking familiar to us, yeah, yeah, it's... and it seems like we actually need to teach people that what we call common sense, right, which is your yeah. simple truths. Um, but yeah, that's um, that's a bit scary. We're it's... getting to that place.
1: I, I'm gonna take inspiration from a book from Tolkien,
0: um,
1: The Silmarillion. And it's talking about um, one of the um, Vela or angels uh, that he created in his fictional work, mm. uh, and this is the same writer that wrote the Hobbit, the Lord of the Rings, and this is all inspired from Christianity, of course. And there was one of the angels; who was called uh, Morgoth uh, or Melkor, um, and he was uh, jealous that he could not create life like, like the God could. Right? Mm. And when God was creating his creation, all he could do was sing his own song to corrupt that creation. He could not create his own. All he can do is corrupt what God already created. Mm. Right? And you see that here. It's the devil cannot create something, right? From nothing. He can't. But what he can all the only thing he can do is corrupt what God has already created. That's his form of revenge, like a like a last stand type thing. That's all he can do. He cannot make his own thing. He can't. He's incapable but he can corrupt. And that's what he does. And you see that he's corrupting what God created, which is this institute called marriage. This covenant that was between
0: God and man, he's corrupted it.
1: Yeah. And you see so, that in everything.
0: Well, in, in saying that, and, and we're very aware that we are living in a generation where it is backslidden. Mm-hmm. Um, Christianity is not being embraced. It's something that's being mocked. It's something that is being detested. Right, especially when we are fighting for things that are very common, like common sense. Right, fighting for life. Say no, that's my body, that's my choice. I get to kill that child because that's what pleases me. And you think, well, the sense of morality is no longer there, and and it's become so twisted, so corrupted, as you said, that people try and justify murder
1: today. I mean, before the only reason that was even acceptable was if the mother's life was at risk, and then they will give that option. Mm. Like, um, we, we have yeah, to, it's yeah, like you got to choose between yeah. yeah, and that was the only time, or if the baby was already stillborn, you know. Mm. Um, otherwise, that was never an option. Like, it was not something considered. Like, it was it was foreign, and it's become normal to do that, and it's yeah. It's, it- because it's pretty, it's, it's, it's back like it's a slippery slope, right? And we've gone so far down, yeah. It's and you, you might be thinking, How worse? How bad can it get? Can it get any worse? It will, it will, it will. Yeah. This is just a start, unfortunately. We're not even halfway
0: there, in my opinion. And, and that's tough because the way God like designed a mother, it's for her to protect her children, right? We can children even see children. that in the wild right is to protect the child to embrace the child and so on and and today it's like god's truth doesn't matter to me god's design for my body no longer is important to me and that worship of self really sums up our generation where we've kind of taken god away from that throne of worship and put ourselves on there and sometimes people would look at Hitler, would look at all these really terrible people, right? Yeah. In yeah. in the past, like, well, we're killing more babies than those people ever killed yeah. human beings. Yeah. But we just try and justify it in a in a different way. It's not a baby.
1: It's still not alive. It's still not
0: it's Yeah, it's a fetus. It's it's, it's this and it's that. And
1: it's but, murder with extra steps, that's all it is. And it's it is what it is. Um but but, but here, here's my question to you. You're saying that clearly there's been some kind of corruption because of sin. Corruption in very nature. You see, like, a mother's very nature is supposed to protect her child. Mm. She's going against nature, and it feels normal to her. It feels, like, abnormal to go against it, right? And you can see that for other things, such as homosexuality. It's, mm. it's my nature. It's who I am. This is normal to me. It feels foreign to me to go against this nature. Do you think sin can physically, physically corrupt the person to the point where their
0: very nature is aligned with that sin. Oh yeah, of course. I, I mean, that started from the ver- very first sin. Mm. It, it literally altered our, our lifespan, yeah. right? Oh yeah. It, it physically ki- killed us, right? Yeah. It's killing us slowly. So yes, we, sin has corrupted everything in us. Yeah. That's why Jesus had to come in the flesh. And I like the, you know, the church fathers, when they speak about, you know, the incarnation and and Jesus death on the cross, speaking about that Jesus is spirit, soul and body came to sanctify and and justify our spirit, soul and body. Yeah. So all of Jesus saves all of man. Yeah, that's that's very important for us but the whole point of it man is so aligned like the corruption of sin is down to the <laughs> core that we we no longer understand what God's identity is mm-hmm. and his light no longer is, is um what's it called is shining in our lives that we see what we're doing because to be honest with you if you put yourself in a room that is pitch black mm-hmm. There is not a little tiny ray of light, that room could look as messy as it can ever be. You, wouldn't you would not notice. And that's what the law is for, right? That's where the law came in. It was yeah. to
1: show us how dirty we are. But that didn't save us. That didn't clean the room. No. That's well, where
0: Jesus comes in. Th- they thought. They got the law is to live up to God's standard, but soon Impossible. they recognized that it was actually <laughs> just to show their sins. Yeah, yeah, and,
1: yeah. And, and that's why Jesus says, I did not come to abolish it.
0: But to, fulfill it. to fulfill it. Yeah, it's, it's so important. Um, so, so some of the points that we've spoken about, mm. we spoke about um, that our generation is no longer desiring to know the truth mm. or to pursue it. We are comfortable living a lie. Uh, we're no longer wanting to have the light of God to, you know, um, to recognize our sin and mm-hmm. to understand who we are and where we are and what we need to do. Yeah. Um, we are backing away from the light. We want to live in darkness because a dark life, um, no one can notice what we're doing uh, and we can justify whatever we're trying to do. We are not living according to our God-given nature, right? Because sin seemingly has corrupted our very core. Mm. It it has affected our very own identity. And we spoke about abortion. We spoke about homosexuality. And even, you know, you have this modern transgender movement going on today that people are just putting themselves in that pedestal, putting themselves on the throne and saying... I am my own god, and yeah. whatever my desires are, that it be today, tomorrow, yeah. whenever it is. I live according to my desires, and it's not only it's it's no longer only I do what I want. It's you have to acknowledge what
1: I want, and acknowledge my reality. Yeah, it's like I'm okay with okay. You want to worship yourself by all means, go ahead. I don't think it's safe for you, and I will tell you otherwise mm-hmm. for your sake. You know, because I care about you. But if you want to continue, that's on you. But don't make me believe your fairy tales and believe your reality, which is not real. Yeah. And reality is not subjective. Mm. It's not all. Oh, it's one reality for me. No, it's, it's objective. It's reality is reality. Mm. You're delusional. Unfortunately, you need help. And I want you to get help because I care about you because we have to have this unconditional love for them, just like God has yeah. for us. And that's what God wants for us to do and so i i love them and i care about them but they see that love that that instruction
0: as something that they detest well that brings up a good question hmm. what would you encourage the daniels of today right you because there's a there's a lot of our brothers and sisters that are Oh, yeah, we're not like, you know, we're not going to make that mistake. You know, I'm the only person, you know, you no. have those kind of people. I'm the only person that's doing the right thing. He's like, relax. You have the church. You have millions of people that love the Lord. They are serving the They're Lord. They are standing dying. for the truth. For God. Um. But for those who feel like, man, I I feel like I'm so, so alone in, in, this, in this situation, my family, my friends, the culture around me, the country that oh, I'm living me. in. It feels like, you know, the whole thing is like going against God and his word. I feel like we're captive in Babylon. Yeah. What would you say to the Daniel?
1: Oh, man, it's going to be tough. I'd say I'd say just like Daniel persevered by having God with him and having that that faith and the the discipline to just follow what God wanted him to do. I'd say that we have to live that type of life and just make God our hope and not people, places and things, cause the world will just disappoint you, your family will disappoint you. No one, your friends, no one, not even the church on earth is gonna it's gonna, you know, be your be as you want it to be. It's someone will let you down. So don't put your hope, your faith in these people. Don't put it in people and things because they'll let you down. Put it in God and how can we where our, nature is very, our very nature is corrupt Trust in our nature Or other people's nature We can't The old, The only thing we have is the word of God And the Holy Spirit That's all we have And that's all we should put our trust in it. And even then We have to be very We have to have discernment We have to be very careful Because now they're even altering the Bibles And adding things and removing things uh, You got like for example The Jehovah's Witness Bible is re- Removing and altering things And it's like Clearly there's a motive so you have to have discernment. You have to have wisdom. And where do you get it from? What's the beginning of wisdom, Martin? Fear of the Lord. Amen. That's mm. what we need in our lives. Fear the Lord. Do not fear people. They can kill your flesh, but they cannot kill your soul.
0: Fear God. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So being faithful, standing for the truth, and fearing the Lord. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. Amen. Uh, one thing I would encourage um, the people out there is come out of it. Come yeah. out of where you are. Don't share in their sin. That's something very important. The be the light and the salt to these people. Um, just because they are doing wrong and you believe in the truth, it doesn't mean you should be silent. Your voice must be heard. Amen. And I know sometimes persecution follows, follows. in these things. Um, preach the gospel. The The message never gets old. The message still is their power has power to save people. And that's what 1 Corinthians chapter 1 talks about. Paul makes it very clear. He's saying to those who are perishing, it's foolish to them. But to us who are being saved, it's it's the power of God. There are people out there that are looking for the truth. They might be living in darkness. They might be confused. Mm. But they need people like you and me to take that first step and say, well, do you know about Jesus? Have yeah. you heard about what God has done for you in your life? And sometimes we think this message is so common, but you'll be surprised how many people don't actually know the gospel. They might have heard certain things. They might have seen Jesus on a cross. You know, people see that every Easter, right? Every, every um, oh, what's it called? Christmas. They people talk about the birth of Jesus, but. They don't know the full truth, no. and and you're there to to make a difference. Just because the culture is going one way, uh, just be faithful like Daniel. Stand up your ground, yeah. even if if they do things like with Daniel's, like you gotta pray and worship the king. No, I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna stand for the truth, even if that's gonna make me end up in the lion's den. That's so important. So I'm just encouraging you. Don't feel alone. Don't don't feel like, um, you know, you're that one person and everybody else believes differently. It's not that. The church is the body of Christ. It has different members. We're all over the world. Yeah, And we are praying for each other. That's the beauty of, of Christianity is that the saints, we are praying for each other and we are interceding on behalf of each other and God is working in us. I just want to encourage you the person that is in you is greater than the world. That's something that you can take. If you're going to take something from this message, remember that as bad as this generation goes, the person that is in you is greater than the world. And this generation, just like the previous generation, arises up and it falls. It happens generation after generation after generation. But the thing that stands and continues is God's word, is God's spirit. Like Peter, he speaks about the grass of the field. He speaks about the glory of man, which is his flower. It just comes up and it just fades away. It just perishes. But then God's word is continually there forever. So what is what would your conclusion be or your final words before we we end our episode?
1: I think you said it, stand for truth. Do not compromise uh, for the world because um, you may gain the world, but you'll lose the most important thing you have, your soul. Mm.
0: Well, my conclusion is um, the whole point of this episode is for us to be discerning yeah. in what, where we are living and, and how our generation is looking like. And the reason why I'm saying that we need to be discerning is because if we know what the problem is, then we can start praying for a solution or finding a solution. Amen. Um, a lot of times we're, we're sitting there, um, you know, scratching our heads, thinking, what is the problem? What is the problem? What is the problem? Yeah. Uh, we're struggling with that. But as Christians, we have the Bible as our guide to have that spirit of discernment, to understand, okay, this is what the Bible says. This is how this generation is living. Now I know what the problem is. Now I know what to pray for, how I can minister these people, how I can reach them with the gospel, and so on. So hopefully you've enjoyed this, and God bless you. We'll see you next time. Take care. Take care.